time it is? It's time for a Max Effort Monday. Yeah, whether you're in the car or at the office, it's time to give it your Max Effort, just like Bo and Blake. So, hey, don't let your family down like you did on vacation, right? Come on, get off your ass. And give it a Max Effort. I'm ready to take this all away. SEC Insider Hit this morning brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save with your Farm Bureau Insurance agent, favorites.com, to get a quote. It's Rivalry Week, and uh, we're live in the Bank Plus studio. Um, Holy smokes, we're trying to get everything in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before getting out of here uh, for a couple of days. And who knows what will shake out on the coaching carousel. Uh, over the weekend. Nobody loves a coaching carousel like SEC football fans. Um, And nobody storms the field like Vanderbilt. So, I mean, what the hell? Uh, The Out of Bounds Show, our guests join us on the Yingling Lager guest line. This is ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Before we bring in our friend, National College Football Analyst with ESPN, Tom Luganville, we want to drop some incredible audio from Sam Pittman. I believe I'm going to have my old cold beer. (laughs) That's how he was going to celebrate. That's why the Hogs love him. That guy's beer and barbecue. Cold beer is one word in Mississippi, as you know, and we believe that it originated out of the Mississippi Delta. Um, there will be a lot of cold beer, one word, said over the next three months be- with, at hunting camps, deer and duck. We welcome in Tom Luganville. How about that drop right there, Tom Luganville? Would you like to have a cold beer with Sam Pittman? <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'll tell you what, when you do a coach's meeting with him, whether it's in person or it's on Zoom, that's exactly what you get all, all the time, every time. It, it, he's just, he's so authentic and genuine in, in the way he carries himself. I think it's one of the reasons why it resonates with the kids. They lo- Look, he got bowl eligible. I, I don't think we were surprised that Arkansas won, Lukes, but to get up 42-6, to six, I know that shocked me. I think it shocked everybody. Um, you know, clearly Arkansas is playing with their back against the wall. Uh, came out with more more energy. There, there just seemed to be no air in the balloon for Ole Miss. Right? It was where was the motivation? I think which was which was a bit surprising because that team, for the most part, week in and week out, has come prepared to play uh, over the duration of the season. It just seemed for the first time that they they, they weren't ready to play. Uh, so look, what happened last weekend really doesn't have an impact. You know, people reset, they get back together, 20 year olds can flush this thing and so on. There's, there's been a lot of rumors around Lane. So how do he and the assistants come off of that short week and, and get focused for the rivalry game in which Lane has dominated the last two years, Tom? I mean, it's a really, really good question because, unfortunately, all of the rumors and all of the, as Nick Saban would call it, clutter that revolves around a potential coaching opening, all it is is a distraction. There are no positives that can be gleaned from it because no matter what Lane Kiffin says, you either are not going to believe him or you are going to believe him, but the only people that matter are the people that are in the building that are on that team. They have they have to trust um, what what their coaching staff and, and what their head coach is is, is telling is telling them, I, I think it's it puts their their football team, their psyche, their locker room in a really really difficult spot because 
these are things that the players have no control over but seem to have a negative impact on the day-to-day when you're trying to prepare a game. And, you know, uh, to me, that's, that's dangerous. It's just – and it's unfortunate because you're dealing with young people, and as we all know, and as we saw this last week, you know, if you don't respect your opponent or you're not prepared to play, whether you're North Carolina, whether you are Tennessee, whether you're <laughs> Ole Miss last week – I mean, holy smokes. And so you've got, you got to come right in and play week in and week out. One thing we've seen this year, Bo, is we have, we have seen teams that didn't show up, and it cost them. Yeah. And, and we've seen it each and every week. Yeah. Uh, what's he supposed to say? Uh, I mean, other than I'm not going, um, which tells me, look, we've all entertained offers, except we don't have microphones in our face while we're doing it. Um, and so really with where he is, uh, Ole Miss has given him a a nice, healthy option raise extension. And most people believe that he's the number one candidate for Auburn, but it's really Mm -hmm. Luke's the only thing he could, other than saying, I'm not going, there's nothing he can say. Correct. I mean, that's all he can say. And he can't elaborate. Um, and he can't elaborate for two reasons, either one he could potentially be taking the job and he can't discuss details. Or number two, he has nothing to do with the job opening. All right. And so what he's telling you is exactly what it is. I mean, that's, that's if he can only tell you what he knows. Right. But then the, on the other side of the coin, if there are details or there's any legitimacy to it, he, he, he can't give details on it. Um, and again, it, it just, you put yourself in his shoes, put yourself in that coaching staff's shoes, put yourself in, the shoes of, of the players on that, on that roster. You've heard me say this in recruiting. Players don't like uncertainty and instability, right? And now, because of all of this stuff circulating around the, 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 the program, that's what you've created. And it's tough to, it's tough to prepare beyond that. Uh, do you buy into any of the – all right, so Dabo's done an amazing job at Clemson building a program from sure. somewhat nothing – He's been there since 2003, so he's going on 20 years. You would know better than I would, but I think all or almost all of his kids are out of high school. Um, Sometimes a coach sits there and goes, "Eh, it may be, even as much as he talks about Clemson and home, and I know he's the king there and and all that. I know you've been close to a lot of the guys coming in and out of that program. Do you think that Dabo would even consider going somewhere else, Tom? Uh, potentially, yeah. I think that um, in the coaching profession, there's always another challenge. There's always uh, something that might pique your interest. But I also think he's one of those guys that has a true appreciation for longevity and stability in the profession that is the most unstable profession on the planet. And there are very, very few opportunities where you have an opportunity where you have a chance to be a head coach at one spot particularly in today's climate and feel secure and stable and have the resources, have the, the, the people around you to get the job done. And I think he has a huge appreciation for that. It's not as if he has to go out and, and seek the bigger, better deal. I mean, he, he just got a huge bump, another pay raise. His record speaks for itself. Um, I think the only thing that would get him to potentially look at something like that would just be, a new challenge, but if where he's living, they're on a beautiful lake on Lake Kiwi. There, 
you got a kind of a slow-paced lifestyle there in Clemson, South Carolina. I mean, a lot of people call it Auburn on a lake because they're they're sister yeah. schools, and and they're very very similar to one another. Um, I just don't know if there's if there's any. It, it's not like you're one of those guys that's gotten really really good and you're making four million dollars a year, and you're considered to be one of the best in the business and a job that comes around for $9 million a year. That's not what we're talking about here with Dabo. So it, it wouldn't be a money shift because that, that wouldn't play a role in his decision. Okay. Do you, do you want to guess or who you think is going to be the next Auburn coach or no? I mean, I don't want to guess because I don't, I think all these people that are guessing don't really know. Um, but I know that I, I really believe this. They're going to have to pony up financially to make up for some of their shortcomings in the area of meddling and getting in the way. And, and essentially what I mean is, okay, this isn't going to be an easy work environment. You're serving a lot of masters, right? There are going to be people involved that don't need to be people don't need to be involved. We're going to have to compensate this guy to deal with that, whoever that person is, right? Which means if you overpay a little bit, that's the reason you're overpaying. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I think that's one of the things that the job's super attractive because they have resources, they have name, image, and likeness opportunities, got a great recruiting base. They just opened up a brand new football oper operations building that was about 25 years too late. Um, so there's a lot of positives. But everybody knows the negatives too, Bo. And yeah. those negatives are, 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 are pretty big. So to me, I think from a financial perspective, is Lane Kiffin going to listen to them if there are overtures? Ab absolutely, he'll listen to them. He should listen to them. I don't think there's any – I don't think in any way, shape, or form Deion Sanders is involved in this at all. Um, and I say that because I, I think Deion doesn't want anything to do with it. Uh, hmm. Maybe more so that than, than Auburn targeting him. Okay. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Well, we were debating earlier if Lane Kiffin were to go to Auburn, would Ole Miss strongly consider Coach Prime? Uh, potentially. Um, and that might be a, a, a decent fit, a nice fit, you know. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that I'm going to find very, very interesting, you know, they just finished an 11-0 and season. 
They've got a lot of Power Five level players on that roster. They're not playing with your your typical FCS uh, level roster. But in that job, being who he is, he answers to nobody. So he's in control, right? He he gets to operate the entire deal. He's not dealing with power brokers. He's not dealing with politics. He's not dealing with bureaucracies. He starts to make that jump, and he starts to move up in the ranks. And now all of a sudden it turns into a different environment, right? Mm-hmm. And he's his own man. He's smart. He's going to do what he wants to do. But that's a lot easier to do at a place where – you're essentially the last word. Right. And that's not always going to be the case when you're moving up the ranks. No, that that's a good point. And Kenny staff at that level. Um, we, we, we love his branding, marketing and recruiting prowess and all that. Um, but can he staff at, at that level also will be the question. Pittman nailed it with Browse and Odom. And, and that has given him, you know, some runway and another, you know, you know the drill, Luke's. If you can get to your second contract, that's that's like a yeah. win for 90% of these guys because well, everybody's getting fired outside of, you know, Saban, Smart, and, you know, one or dab, one or two others yeah. at some well, point. Look at, look, look at Coach O. We can fault Coach O all we want, but he did initially exactly what you just said. He got Dave Aranda, all right? Then he was, he was able to get the offensive side uh, uh, done right, and he landed a quarterback. So he had the staff in place at that time, and the next thing you know, the staff changed and everything else changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the golden egg Thursday night. Um, I will, I'll ask you why Ole Miss, why Mississippi State. We'll start with Ole Miss. Uh, walk us through why, how and why Ole Miss wins the game. Oh, boy, if they're able to, I think, effectively run the football and limit Mississippi State's um, possessions on offense. Uh, I think that that is going to be really, really important. And ultimately what we've seen from Ole Miss this year, when they've been at their best, it's when they've controlled the line of scrimmage and ran the football at will. I mean, at, at the end of the day, Jackson Dart's got a chance to be a really good player. I think his development has come a little bit slower than people anticipated. And so he's still prone to make that mistake. I don't think they want the bulk of the offense to be on his shoulders. That's critical, in, in my opinion. And you've got to limit the, the offensive possessions for Mississippi State. All right. He is Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN on the Out of Bounds Show. What about Mississippi State? Uh, they're going to they're gonna sling it around. And Ole Miss just came off preparing for a team with KJ and Sanders and Solm that ran it around and so on and did what imposed their will on the ground. How do you see yeah. that matchup, Tom? But, uh, I, for Mississippi State, I, I think that I know the opponent wasn't a challenge last week, but it's also one of those games where you're playing a lot of guys and you're, 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 getting, you're, you're getting a little bit more depth status. I know it's at the end of the year, but it's, it's still important so that when you go into a rivalry game, and you're starting to rotate some guys through. You just got an, a guy an extra 35, 40 reps last week. I think that's important. I, I'm still going to go. I'm still going to go back to what what I've always said about this football team is if a, if a defense gives them a five man box, are they going to take advantage of it? Bottom line. Bottom line. We have seen we have seen Mississippi State do that at times this year, and we don't generally see that. And they've been successful when they do. But this is, this is one of those games where if, Miss, if Ole Miss can run it, 
uh, Mississippi State's going to have to take advantage of every single possession. Yeah, like I, th- that's the thing is if your if your possessions are limited, and I really believe this in this particular matchup, and and that's where points are going to come in a premium for Mississippi State. They've got to score when they have the ball, and they can't score field goals. And they couldn't score last year. Um, nope. And Ole Miss slept walk through the first half, and then the two best players on the field took over. Matt Corral and Sam Williams, and right. they pulled away. Okay, um, Zach Evans now being healthy, he went through this little That's huge couple weeks, three, whatever it was, where he was uh, banged up. Lugs, yeah, he is now. Even though they they got smoked Saturday, he ran the football and ran it well. I yeah. think adding him with Judkins and Dart that's a that's a big plus for for them Thursday night. Him healthy. It, it, Absolutely huge because he's the home run hitter. He is so talented. He's so fast. He's so elusive. And then you bring the hammer in with number four, and it's a one-two punch. That's when, if you notice, the offense hasn't been as good when they haven't had the two-back rotation, right? When they've had to just rely on the true freshman and you're late in the season and now you get Zach back, I think that's, that's a big, big X factor in this game. Uh, Ole Miss favored. Uh, are you expect? Where are you this week? <laughs> I am at North Carolina and NC State, which a week and a half ago was looking really, really good. <laughs> and then North Carolina goes and does what they do against Georgia Tech, and NC State two weeks ago loses to Boston College, and this last week to to uh, Louisville. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out on Friday afternoon. Oh, my goodness gracious. North Carolina yeah. lost to an interim coach. Oh, oh, that guy's done a heck of a job, man. I mean, he's if they hadn't have screwed up their game, Georgia Tech, that is, screwed up the game against Virginia, which they should have won, he would have somehow had that team bowl eligible. And I had them twice in the first five weeks, and once was against Ole Miss. Right. And they were a disaster. So I don't know who's getting the job there. I know there are some challenges, but Brent Key is a, a Georgia Tech guy through and through. I hope they consider him, but I also hope if he doesn't get it, whoever does keeps his services in Atlanta. Okay. Um, that's a Friday game, NC State at North Carolina for you. Yeah, 330 ABC. Okay, yep. got it. Tom Luganville, ESPN ABC on the Out of Bounds show and the Yingling Lager guest line. Uh, LSU at a and If LSU goes as an in Goes over there and embarrasses A and M. What what do you think could play out over the next forty eight hours after that? Um, nothing. Um, and I and I I know I I know that sounds crazy, but we are talking about money here that is landscape changing, right? Because. If if there's this notion that they don't play well and they get beat, and now we're actually talking about relieving the head coach of his duties, you're not just talking about his contract. You're talking about multiple contracts, not including who it is that you'd go after on the next one. There is so much at stake here as it relates to that. What I think we would find is that either administratively or on his own, there would have to be a shift in leadership on offense that Jimbo Fisher would be all in on. I don't think he'll do There'd it. Ha- he, uh, nothing about his history would tell you that he would. But I'm just laying out what may need to happen mm. if he wants to lengthen his tenure in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Uh, when you look at 
I wonder if 10 donors, 10, 15 donors look at it and go, what's the difference in this year and next year? In seven, it's a whopping $7 million less, which is, I think, yeah. I think 87 million is a rounding error at A&M with their, <laughs> with their wealth. Think about what the difference is between, hey, if we do it this weekend compared to next year, it's a whopping $7 million you know, differential as far as payout. Your thoughts on that? I'm with you. You're right. I mean, when you're talking about that amount of money, with the, and, and I understand you're talking about a university with a massive endowment, massive. So we think of $7 million as being a large number. At the end of the day, is it really? If, if you feel like you're that desperate and that you don't believe or foresee a dramatic shift in the win-loss column from this year to next, I mean, there's a lot to be considered there. So, all right, that's, I think that's one to keep an eye on. Um, this impacts the SEC. Michigan and Ohio State. Do you give Ohio State's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite? Do you give Michigan a shot this weekend, Michigan-Ohio State, at Ohio State? Oh, absolutely I do. Um, now, last year they won because they were the most physical football team and they were able to disrupt Ohio State's passing game with a four-man rush, meaning they didn't have to put their defensive back end in jeopardy because they weren't having to add you know, five, six guys to the pass rush. They were able to rush four, drop seven, and, and you know, affect the quarterback. They don't have a Jabo. They don't have Hutchinson. Um, I, I, the question is, will they be able to do that again without having to, to add people to the equation? Because if they do – now you're going to have some one-on-one vulnerabilities, which is where Ohio State can really take advantage of you. So I think the inside game for Michigan on defense, Ohio State on offense, is going to be one to watch. Um, number two, weather. C.J. Stroud has not played well in weather. If it's rainy, if it's windy, be interesting to keep track on how accurate he is. And then I think the other thing with, with Michigan is, is Ohio State has, has really improved defensively. They're still very, very young, but they've really improved. We know what Michigan's going to want to do. They want to run the football. They hope they have a healthy Blake Corum, all right? But at the end of the day, Michigan has really struggled to create explosive plays. They've really struggled to have consistent production in the red area on offense. Two things that I think are very concerning against a team like Ohio State, because if Ohio State, uh, make some plays on offense, get some explosives, score some touchdowns from distance. Can Michigan reciprocate that? Mm. Because to this point during the season, they haven't shown they've been able to. Yeah. Okay. Let's wrap it up with this. Tom Luganville and the Out of Bounds Show. Uh, who are your four playoff teams? Um, right now, they would be some order of – I would have Georgia at number one. Um I would have TCU at number four, not because I think one of the top four best teams, but because I think they've earned it and they've deserved it. Uh, I do think Ohio State and Michigan, I don't care if one's two, one's three. I don't, I don't know if it really matters. Um, but those teams that are in the top four right now deserve it because of not only winning with consistency, but winning in games that they had to have that weren't easy. Okay. You know, I mean, you look at TCU last week. You look at Michigan last week. Even Ohio State last week on the road at Maryland, it wasn't easy, and they came up with ways to win. The question is going to be, what do you do with USC if they end up beating a ranked Notre Dame, they Ooh. just beat a ranked UCLA, and what if they beat a ranked either Washington or Oregon in the Pac-12 title game? What do you do with them? 
that's going to be the team to watch. They're ten and one for our listeners. And if LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, do they both get in along with the Ohio State Michigan winner? And then who would be the fourth team? Is the I think the big question. Yes, that is that is the big question, and that's assuming we we think TCU is going to go out skate, and they may not. They may not. That's a good point. Um, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, my man. Same to you, buddy. Same to you. Have a great rest of your week. All right, we'll talk next week. Tom Luganville, that was awesome. Um, and the the golden egg breakdown, I thought he nailed it on Kiffin and Leach. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Tom Luganville joined us on the Yingling Lager guest line. And Ole Miss is a favorite in vault, as they should be. Ole Miss is the favorite this week. It's really around a field goal if you go through about six books. So they're a field goal favorite in Vault Hemingway, 6 o'clock ESPN in Oxford, Mississippi. Hour number three of the Out of Bounds Show brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car at home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent.